Hello there. Welcome to episode 26 of Amateur Bartending for Immature People. I'm Shannon. And this is Greg. As always, we are going to be talking, thinking, making, and drinking some delicious cocktails. And that is not different tonight, because tonight we have something wonderful. What do we have, Shan? Rye. Rye whiskey. Rye whiskey. I'm Coming ready at you to with that. drink it. Coming at I'm you with that. to drink the bold, bold spicy stuff. Exactly. It's, it's the whiskey. It's a little <laughs> bit spicy. Maybe some people say it kind of has a bready taste to it or a grain taste to it. Kind of have that extra... I've heard like spicy curry, and I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's not always spicy though to me. Sometimes I'm really getting that weird kind of bread vibe out of it. Yeah, sometimes a real grainy vibe out of it. So, all right, where where are we going first here? This is a huge topic. Zesty. It's a huge. It's probably a huge topic. You know, we're not going to cover everything, and you know, you may disagree with us, and that's completely fine. But Uh, it's going to be a twenty-hour podcast this time, and I'm going to go into four-hour podcast. The no, marathon no. podcast. <laughs> it will not You'll be cover that. every detail possible. No. So uh, just sit back, enjoy, get a glass of your favorite, and uh, mix it Or at least pull the rye out and we can talk about out. what you should be using yeah. it in. And we can, we'll make a couple drinks. Here we go. <laughs> here, and here we go. <laughs> I use a couple articles I found uh, this time. I'm just going to mention them up front because I keep forgetting. One is from Eater, and it was called Why You Should Be Drinking Rye Whiskey Right Now by Heather Green. She and that did. means right now. Yeah, right now. And, and we took her word for right it. Right now. We took her word um, for so it, and here's this podcast. Of course, Wikipedia, as always. And um, hold on, I'm going to get through my stuff. I uh, use some stuff from people's websites, from some of the brands, and I think liquor.com. I had one from an uh, article from Liquor. A lot of good stuff over there. And I, I've i talked about their site before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Liquor.com. Their article was called Love Rye Whiskey. Yes, we do. Yes. These are the five essential rules for drinking it. So um, those are some good cool. good articles there. Right on. Do we have, I mean, probably the best way to, uh, probably, you know, how do you want to start? you want to give them a definition of what, we, what they're t- saying rye whiskey is? I think we're going to talk a little bit maybe about what it is and where it came from. Let's do that. So uh, if you don't know, rye, R-Y-E, is grain and uh, grows pretty readily here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is definitely an American style of whiskey. And um, before the Prohibition, it was a really popular grain for American farmers uh, to sure. grow and was distilled regularly. Um, because I guess it's pretty easy to grow. It's pretty resilient. I think it's pretty hardy. Um, a hardy yeah, it's, grain, it's a I hard, think. Exactly. Um, and of course, you know, you use it for, you know, flowers and, and great, you know. Food. I food mean, food, items. if, you, if <laughs> you'd rather not drink, you can make it for food, which is, seems like a waste. You know, breads and all those kind of things. But they would take the yeah. distilled grain. I mean, the, sorry, the kind of some of the extra grain. And they would distill that surplus. Right. Um, which was a lot cheaper than transporting the grains um, right, somewhere think. else to sell it, and also is better than just letting it rot. Right. I had heard that if they had like the, you know small kind of small sub shippable amounts, that's what they would do, and then that actually whiskey was kind of like a currency for the farmers too, and so they could be like, well, I got all my grain sent off, and I then I made my whiskey, and now I'm gonna trade my whiskey locally for. Uh, or whatever they needed. So it was a little bit of a currency for them, not only just to make it to have it around, but they had it for, you know, what to use, like you said, the last little bits of their grain up. And yeah. then, then it was like a currency for them. That's exactly right. So this is pre-prohibition. So um, interestingly enough, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 
uh, where I'll be going in a week, um, was ground zero for a style of uh, this distilled rye. And I'm going to try my best. Mongolia is... Oh, that was very good. Oh, bravo. Did that sound okay? Oh, bravo. I don't know if that's that's true. Um, But that's a rye that's made with 100% of the grain. Oh, wow. So 100% of the f- grain in that is rye. Yeah, and That's it's called be that. has got to be pretty robust. Just because I don't say things well, but I'm going to spell this in case you see this because it's still a style of, of rye. Get out your pens and papers for showing off uh, this weekend. You can say this. <laughs> yeah, you look up a way to pronounce it. Don't trust me with it. All right. It's M-O-N-G-E-L-A-H-E-L-A. There you go. I was like, like a Mongol dog or like a... I guess that would be a mongrel, but um, anyway, so yeah, 100% rye in that. By um, 1780, um, in that region of Pennsylvania alone, Mm -hmm. 5,000 stills were distilling it. Wow. And by 1880, um, it was producing half a barrel of whiskey for every man, woman, and child living in America at the time. Yikes. It's a lot of booze. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot. That's all pre <laughs> pre prohibition now, right? Pre prohibition. Now yes. we kind of see why they drove prohibition because they're like, this is too much. You guys are getting out of hand. It's a lot. It's yeah. A lot of booze. And also, I mean, it must they must do a great job at like raising rye. So I don't know, more power to them. You want my opinion? Well, you know, remember when we talked about George Washington in the Whiskey Rebellion sure. episode? Um, so George Washington also. Uh, had capitalized on on whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that, how he had his own uh, production at Mount Vernon, which he actually was producing rye. And sure, but then after that was also taxing whiskey distillers at the same time that he was growing his own distillery. Yep, uh, we kind of talked about that maybe as the first uh, first time that happened in the mm-hmm. new American government that we had. And uh, I think there wasn't there something about um, They're trying the to pay tax. for the debt of the Civil War. And it was Hamilton or that came up, with the, came up with the whiskey yeah. tax, right? Yeah. Trying to pay for the debt of the Revolutionary War. So uh, they went to go get those taxes in 1791 and started the Whiskey Rebellion, which we Only have a whole show 20, on. Less than 20 years after <laughs> freedom, American independence. Immediately go to tax and alcohol. That was a very first tax. But um, where we, so that was, yeah, so that had affected it. George Washington producing rye. Exactly. Mount Vernon. Uh, the whiskey tax was repealed. when We talked about that in the episode. So sure. please, we'll go, we go further into the story on that. Yeah, if you want more information on the Whiskey Rebellion, I you can jump back in the episodes. I don't remember when it was, 20 or something like that yeah. was the Whiskey Rebellion. It's called Rebellion. Whiskey Rebellion. So you won't miss it. Check it out. It was <laughs> really fun to do. That was a fun one. So it, I mean, all these things kind of go together when you're talking about America and whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a, it was a big, a big moment in the American distillery uh, movement. So the whiskey tax was repealed in 1802 and uh, the Americans really liked it. And uh, then prohibition came and and then unfortunately they had to call it medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> We're all went underground. <laughs> so uh, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Kentucky produced gallons of whiskeys by the eight, late 1800s. Wow. Each uh, state had been claiming a unique and celebrated style of whiskey. So, um, you know, still probably pretty true to that. Um, 
they had different styles that they they bragged about, but uh, there's not enough left of the 19th century alcohol for anybody to do taste tests, so sure. we just have to take their word for it. Though I am curious from her terrible. article, she goes, not enough remains for taste tests, but I do wonder if some does remain, and I'm kind of curious about that. Well, there's, there's lots of stories about that we can go into later. What's pre-prohibition stuff has been found and then mixed together and sold at astronomical prices, even though it was the crap stuff from back then. We won't mention any names. Here's something interesting. So uh, we all know about, yeah, no, we won't, no, we won't. Uh, prohibition. You know, they came in, shut all these places down. Mm-hmm. You know, they axed barrels and mm-hmm. poured alcohol just directly into the gutter mm-hmm. and, you know, drunk fish were everywhere. Um, <laughs> then, so it completely devastated the rye industry. And it pushed um, pushed all of us Americans to uh, get our bootleg uh Canadian whiskeys, sure, which were kind of a softer, rounder palate. They weren't using rye, mm-hmm. so and you know, there's a difference. Rye is spicy, a little dark, you know, and uh, Canadian whiskeys are smooth and mellow. And yeah, I can't you know, imagine they were what like, that 100% rye tasted like. They were like shuttling the you know Canadian whiskey over the border in all sorts of different, unique ways. So uh, here in here in Washington State, they did boats over the border sure. and different landing points and stuff. So after the repeal of Prohibition, the last remaining rye drinkers uh, kind of faded away. And uh, there was a time during post-prohibition, prohibition, sorry, <laughs> like during the war, like World War One, World War Two, where there was a lot of uh, people going back and forth. And then through that, like vodkas got really popular, like other alcohols got, and gin sure. got more popular. Yeah, sure. So it really did kind of decimate the rye industry. But it's coming back, and it's not showing any signs of slowdown now. Cool. Um, there's, a, you know, with the craft cocktail movement and, and a lot of people now going into producing rye, um, it is growing astronomically in uh, in the United States. I found um, on liquor.com, talked about rye whiskey sales increasing 662% from 2009 to 2015. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. And now you can go, um, like, Pennsylvania, and there's some other other areas that do, like, full uh, rye tours and tastings. Um, The America, there's, like, America History Trails, you know, that follow kind of the Whiskey Rebellion trails that focus on rye whiskey and sure. you know it's really kind of taken a, a comeback so for something that had completely almost disappeared S- during a time speaking of shall we give them the first uh example of a cocktail we should and i'm gonna make my ride it just disappear also let's do it okay <laughs> so the first one we're gonna make tonight is called the waldorf cocktail okay it says uh spruce eats is where i found this one but this is a classic recipe uh, you can f- probably find it in many, many places. Um, this cocktail was a drink from the Waldorf Astoria Bar. Um, there's a whole book that we have it's that actually book. is, a, a, I think it's called that. It's a great, and it's, great book. It's a Bible of cocktails, by the way. So mm, It's fantastic. This is, uh, you can think about this as a rye whiskey Manhattan with a little bit of absinthe in it. Ooh, let's make this thing. Yeah, it'll be fun. So what we're going to be doing is you're going to um, first throw your... Uh, cocktail glass or your coop into the freezer got some in there so it'll get nice and chilled while we gather our ingredients and we're going to use it right away so 
And then we're going to do mixing glass this time. Okay. Spoon and measuring vessel. Okay, got all that. We're going to use two ounces of rye whiskey. Okay. And the rye whiskey we're using is Bullet. And we, um, mostly because we buy huge bottles of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be yeah, honest. Ice in there. But um, Bullet, I was like, oh, I wonder about Bullet. Uh, I wanted to give you guys, because we talk about it, that we use it a lot. So mm-hmm. I just, a little tiny history on this. And I'm going to tell you right after we make this cocktail. So we're going to do three quarters of an ounce of a sweet vermouth. Okay. I think we use Nolly Pratt yep. today. Here's that going in there. And we have a half an ounce of absinthe. And don't just throw it in the thing. Um, you're going to pour it into your chilled cocktail glass. So you're going to get it out of I've, the freezer. i got it in the bottom of the glass already. And you're going to swirl it around in there. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to throw out the excess. So this is called rinsing a glass. We've mm-hmm. talked about this in, I think, the Sazerac yep. episode. Yep. I kind of swirl it around just like in that episode. Kind of swirl around. Then I kind of lean the glass and swirl it up onto the edges too. Just do your best. And, you know... If you don't like licorice, I don't think it's going to turn you off from this. No, like it it's won't. a, it's just enough to get a little bit of a. It's really nice smelling mm-hmm. more than anything. And uh, okay, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, I think you also need to put in two dashes of Angostura yep. into the mixing glass. Two dashes in there, and we'll stir it up. Let's stir that. So once again, you have your absinthe is in your actual glass. You're mm-hmm. going to pour into, and everything yeah, else, all the other ingredients are going into the mixing glass of ice. And we're going to pour this in that glass. Oh, yeah, it's really a pretty color. Mm-hmm. It's like almost, yeah, it's dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the classic kind of brown liquor-looking well, cocktail. Man- looking, Manhattan-looking thing. Looking. Take a yeah. sniff of that thing. You can smell that absinthe in there. Mm, it smells mm. a little spicy, it too. Smells good. Let's give it a taste. Can't wait. And that's pretty good. That's a different... That's mm. a different kind of dimension, having a little bit of a, a tiny bit of that kind of absinthe smell and flavor come through with basically your kind of classic rye Manhattan taste. It's good. Well, I like, like it a lot. Well, like tasting. It kind of comes across like, you know, a quick Sazerac, yeah. Yeah, that so we tend to, uh, I like brandy my Sazeracs, but, you know, every yeah. once in a while, I go for the whiskey, but it has that element to it. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly nice. the same, but it does have that element to it. Now... This we're picked drinks today that would really kind of shine with the with the rise. Sure. And this one is very rye forward. Yeah, it, and it, the, it blends like I say that kind of spice bread ish taste blends really well with the uh, with that kind of you know anise licorice flavor of the uh, absinthe. Just a hint of that, not overpowering. Yeah, it's good. And um, I think you could probably use almost any rye in this. It'll taste different depending on what rye because it's so forward with the rye um right, so that's right. a fun fun experiment all right now we that's have our good. now we really have our good. cocktail um i'm going to tell you just a, a brief thing about bullet which i thought was interesting i'm all i want to hear about this i'm all ears okay so there was i'm taking this off of their website by the way so as long as they are so this is their propaganda <laughs> if they're confident in it then i'm confident in they're it like, so. we're the best <laughs> we come from the moon so I always thought Bullet was older, and I guess at some point it had been, but there was a big gap in between. So in 1987, Thomas E. Bullet Jr., um, he fulfilled a lifelong dream, according to this, of reviving an old family bourbon recipe starting by starting the Bullet Distilling Company. Inspired by his great-great-grandfather, August Bullet, who made rye 
high rye whiskey between 1830s and 1860. Um, Tom left a successful law practice and risked everything to make this thing that's in my Waldorf cocktail. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Talk yeah. for a minute. So, yeah, it makes <laughs> yelling cats. She's trying to stick her paw in the middle of the guitar. Right. She always does. <laughs> She's a bad cat. I had to grab way. her. Sorry. Um, all right. The uh, whiskey nearly lost forever is the headline on this. A tavern oh. keeper in 1830s Louisville, Kentucky, Bullet Augustus Bullet, the original, was dedicated to one single goal, the creation of a bourbon unique in flavor. After experimenting with countless varieties, he finally came up with a bourbon with character he sought out for. Well, that's when he was making bourbon, but this is rye. Okay. <laughs> but this is the interesting part. One faithful day, fateful day, when transporting his barrels from Kentucky to New Orleans, Uh-oh. he vanished. Dun, what, dun, dun. what happened to him is still unknown, and his creation nearly disappeared into history along with him. So, yeah, so his great-great-grandson revived this recipe, which I think is kind of interesting. And they still don't know what happened to the guy? They never found out. Well, I'm sure the man had, like, barrels and barrels and barrels of bourbon. Um, Basically, like, money. Yeah, I know. And maybe not the most stable uh, environment. I'm going to guess not an accident. Yeah, you're probably right. But, yeah, never found him. As a... Bullet enthusiasts know rye has always been our cornerstone, it says. Um, They're proud to present Bullet Rye as straight rye whiskey, and this is important, made of 95% rye and 5% malted barley. Oh, okay. And that's going to get us into what are the rules of rye? The rules of rye. Right? So there's parameters that have to be followed, right? So um, the rules are when a spirit can be called rye is a big crucial difference between that and bourbon. Instead of 51% corn as a grain base like they have uh-huh. in bourbon, distillers substitute 51% rye. Okay, so 51 or greater. Or greater. So, you know, when they said 95 yeah. for bullet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting. There's a couple other things, too, that's going to make it a rye as opposed to a bourbon. It has to be aged in new charred oak barrels. Okay. And that's also an American whiskey that thing, too. That sounds bourbon-y, right? Um, it must be distilled... At no more than 160 proof. So a little bit more than. Which is 80, 80% alcohol by volume? Yes, 160 is 80% alcohol. Um, it has to be put into a barrel at no higher than 125 proof. Okay. And it must be bottled at a minimum of 80, per, at 80 proof. Okay, great. So like how long it's in the barrel and, and what it ends up to be as a proof after sitting there for a while. Oh, here. I, I didn't know this. This is good. Straight rye, that's what it's called, straight rye, must be aged at least two years. If it's aged less than four years, the bottle should carry an age statement. If a bottle, yeah, if a bottle labeled straight rye lists no age, it should be at least four years old. So you might not say it, but if it says straight rye, you immediately right. know it's, a, it's in that four-year mark. Okay. Or at least two years. And does that mean a higher percentage of rye? Um... I think it's about aging. It's only about aging. Okay. Yeah. Many distillers who release bottles of rye aged for more than four years will tell you because they're kind of proud of it, um, even though they don't have to tell you. Sure. So, um, no, I think it's about aging, about how long it's sitting there. Okay. And I am no expert on this. I would really love to do some tours on this. But I'm guessing the longer it sits in the barrel, 
that it probably ages and uh, and mellows and you know gets a little bit smoother. Mm. I'm guessing that's, that's what I would predict too. Now, somebody who knows it and knows I'm just making stuff up will probably disagree with me. Nope. <laughs> so. I mean, that would be my prediction, though. <laughs> so that's a uh, that was from a lot of that was from the first article. Oh, that's cool, and I enjoyed enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, kind of some good technical technical specs on what makes a rye versus just a you know regular bourbon american bourbon whiskey again rye is a funny little grassy grain here in the yeah. united states and uh yeah at least 51 percent of it That's in a rye whiskey yep because i've seen other regular whiskeys that don't call themselves rye with a little bit of rye in them and a very you know some can taste very rye forward Oh, and I mean that's a that's like a mixing sure. technique for like style for yeah. making a style of of whiskey, right, or of bourbon. But they would it must be underneath a certain percent, or Sounds they're like mixing, or they're mixing multiple kinds of grain together. Uh-huh. You know, so they might have a little corn and a little rye and and a little malt and um, but for rye, fifty fifty one percent the. Though I've noticed that the majority of the ones that we tend towards are a much higher percent, and it really does create a very distinct, yeah, I don't distinct know. flavor. As far as the bullet, I'm not sure what percentage that is. I think it's 80 proof. I think it is. Sorry, I had to have a sip. There you go. That's good. I like it. I have to look at the bottle to see what it was. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's 80. So, um, like I said, this uh, rye whiskey has just progressively become more and more popular more popular sure. yeah and i also really like it a lot mm-hmm. personally I, like it. I, th- I find it makes pretty good cocktail definitely for sure it adds a different element to anything you're using whiskey based cocktail if you just switch it up to rye you know it's a real change up mm-hmm. it's usually uh, usually a good change up yeah and i don't prefer one or, i mean i like bourbon and i like rye mm-hmm. and it just depends on my mood sure honestly <laughs> So, yeah, so all ryes aren't the same, just so you know. Okay. Um, it's a category, just like a bourbon or a scotch would be. Um, rye has a wide range of flavor because of that. Because, you know, there might be a couple different styles of rye. There's the Mongola, Mong, Mongolia, is that what I said sure. before? Which is the kind in Pennsylvania, um, which is a Pennsylvania style of rye. And then there's a Maryland style, which I don't know what the name of it is. Maybe okay. it's just called Maryland style. Probably Maryland style. <laughs> So there's historically like two different kinds of of camps of rye. But since the production has like really kind of expanded past that, those styles um, probably have become many styles, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they still hold up. So those are two places to go to taste ryes, by the way. Cool. If you happen to be there. They said um, this article I was looking at, liquor.com, I think. Um, Pennsylvania is a spicier rye. Is said because of the oh, okay. the only that's the only grain that they're using. Oh wow! Okay. So Pennsylvania style rice were originally a hundred percent rye. Yikes! Um, but anything with more than eighty or ninety percent rye has a big spicy high rye flavor profile. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, I've even seen that on some bottles that say high rye. Maryland, however, you see a little bit more corn integrated into it, and so low as lower percentage rye. The corn is used to round them up a little bit. So it's a little bit sweeter and rounder, um, which kind of mellows out that kind of like bold, spicy characteristic. Sure. All right. So I... That's rye in a, in a barrel. 
And, you know, it's weird. I don't know if I've ever thought of it my Merlin making rye. But that's why we do this, is to learn a little maybe something. Maybe we learn a little something. We, maybe you learn <laughs> and we learn. It's fun learning. Exactly. It's fun learning about kind rye and Merlin. Interesting, different histories on stuff, sure. So um, one of the ways that people really suggest uh, drinking rye is in classic cocktails. And when you look, like I said, like that, what that's why the Waldorf, which I'm almost done with, um, was a really good cocktail for us mm-hmm. to start with because it is an actual like of the time classic recipe that used people classic rice. People would have been drinking that, yeah. Yeah, and so you can like experience what that recipe was created for. So um, that is, I'm going to stop right there and we're going to make another one. And move on to Because I'm our, almost done with the Waldorf. It's so. about that time in the program for Are the we second good? cocktail. Okay, the next one we're going to make is a little bit different. And I apologize for the name. I did not make this up, but it's been around for a very long time. So this cocktail is called the Oriental Cocktail. And it was created by an American engineer who was stationed in the Philippines in 1924. So the story goes. So be it. The man who nearly died of a fever, and he gave this recipe to the doctor who saved his life as a token of his appreciation. Oh, wow. (laughs) Of the recipe. Sure. How does it go? You know... I mean, it, it tastes good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. Know, that's who has really liked it. <laughs> so this is, as you might guess, it's going to have our rye in it, and as you might also guess, we're using bullet because we have a huge bottle of it. That's exactly right. So is this a? Uh, is going to be shaken or is this going to stir? This is going to go into our. It can be either. Um, I think we should maybe we'll do a shaker just so it gets cold. Okay, put some ice in there. And this is going to be served in a cocktail glass. Okay. Also. And, okay, you ready? We are ready. What do we need to put in here? And actually, in this recipe on spruce seeds, they recommend Rittenhouse rye, which oh, is... Oh, that's good too, yeah. That's a really good rye. Um, and we can talk about, the, towards the end, like some of the ones that we would recommend. Um, Rittenhouse, I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, but this tastes good with bullet too, so you yeah. can use bullet. Um, one and a half ounces of whiskey. All right. Or rye whiskey. It's in clarify uh three quarters of an ounce of the sweet vermouth again we have nolly pratt tonight mm-hmm. so that's what we used got it we have three quarters of an ounce of contra orange liqueur mm-hmm. got it it's in there and a fun little twist on this is uh, a half an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice and we've got that prepared right here so which is a little bit i you I mean, this very well would be a different drink if you use lemon juice. Like, yeah. it's a different yeah. type of sour. And I think that's an interesting, that's kind of like a little interesting twist on there. So if you want to go ahead and shake, uh, that, shake that up, I'll pull the glass out here. Okay. It's always nice to have a chilled cocktail glass, by the way. It is. All right, here's this thing. Let's pull that Okay, and so just go there. ahead and strain it. You might want to, if you have fresh lime juice in there, like a fresh strainer is good. Yeah, I used to get a little clarity in it. I use the little fine conical strainer, fine mesh, wire mesh, works the best. It's a really small amount of lime juice in this Mm -hmm. one. It's just, I mean, it also helps when you're shaking too, it helps to strain out the broken up bits of ice. That looks good. And guess what we get to Mm -hmm. use in this? We get to use a cherry for garnish. Wonderful Luxardo cherry in the bottom there. There is no other cherry to use, if you ask my opinion. Let's give this thing a sample. This looks really good. Yeah, let's see. So let's see what you think. Again, this is called the Oriental Cocktail, and it was originally published in the Savoy Cocktail Book. 
It doesn't have any ingredients to hail from the from the Far East, by the way. Mm, it's good. It kind of has elements of a sour to it. I mean, given that we're shaking it and given that it has the lime juice in it, and the Contro adds a sweet element to it, but not really a ton of orange coming through, even though it's... How much oh, Contro is in there? Yeah, three quarters, but I think that lime juice... Yeah, I think um, the lime juice cuts it. Cuts it, mm-hmm. so it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't really have a sweet flavor to me. Mm-mm. But definitely, like, it does kind of have that kind of a... A little, little bit of a, a little bit of a sour edge too. It's good. I can really, I can taste the rye in it, which yeah, makes me happy. Me too. It kind so. of balances <laughs> balances towards the acid flavor. I think it's kind of a little combo of like a whiskey sour and a Manhattan. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. So um, they do suggest, however, to think out your um, rye whiskey when it comes to this one. Uh, that something with a little bit robust or that has a rice spice in it will shine through a little bit better because you're gonna have a lot of that from the uh from the fruit juice there's gonna be a lot of acid yeah so you want that spice to kind of i think when you get a little acid or citrus yeah i don't know this for a fact but i can just tell you because it feels like it um lime juice or or citrus always feels like it opens up your tongue a little yeah so um this is a really it's it's pleasant you could this is a drinker it's a good one (laughs) both of these tonight have been real Real approachable. Well, you know, I'm real. I'm a real fan of rye anyway. Yep. So a, a rye cocktail is literally right up my alley. Yep, yep. And these are pretty well, ba- well balanced. You know, the one kind of is more of kind of a classic, you know, kind of Manhattan-y style, but adding that interesting edge of having the uh, having the absinthe in there. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of has, you know, again. Sorry, I was going back for another leaning, sip. I like it's it. It's leaning a little more, like I say, towards that, uh, like a whiskey sour, but still not over the top with like. You know, the over like egg white and stuff in there, like a regular whiskey. These are great. Both yeah, are I, really good. And you know, honestly, like if you're somebody who's like, I don't know if I like rye or not, yeah. I would try the Oriental first. Yeah. Um, because you have the, a lot of sweet to help it out to kind of power out through that kind of grainy flavor. Yeah. Yeah. The Savoy is definitely, uh, if you like, if you it's like rye, you'll like forward, it. Spirit like, forward, yeah. That kind of a thing. So, yeah, they're both really good drinks tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying myself. So we have, um, yeah, so a couple of different kinds of spirits. Sure. Um, like I said, Rittenhouse is uh, is one that a lot of bars will hold on to. Yeah, and I've seen it in a lot. Of, I've seen it written in a lot of uh, recipes too. They'll actively call for that as far as you know what they're using for their base base spirit. They're, they'll call for Rittenhouse. Yeah, I think it's a staple at most places. Um, mm-hmm. Rittenhouse, fifty one percent rye, by the way. So it's a little bit closer to oh, bourbon. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but it's uh, it, yeah, it's not as aggra- as aggressive, but just probably good for bars, right? Sure. Like and yeah. also for your home, if you're kind of on the fence or you're like, I don't know, I only have so much or I only have so much space and I, I want to have a bourbon and I want to have a rye, maybe that's a good middle ground. Yeah, you, and you know? want it to do any, if you'd like it to do double duty. Yeah, that know, one's. And you don't want to be so, something that's so polarizing. I like Bullet, so yeah. we have Bullet, and also um, it's available almost every single place yep. ever. <laughs> reasonable price point, generally. One of my favorite ones that, um, if I want to throw down a little bit extra money, is I like that um, Basil Hayden. Yeah, Basil Hayden Rye. That that's Basil really Hayden. good. That's one of the good ones. So I enjoy that one. Um, I mean, there's just so, there's a ton of stuff, and there's uh-huh. a lot of things. There's like small distillers, and those are fun. There was you know? one with like a, there was one with a key on the front of it. I can't remember what that was called, or a lock symbol that we had gotten one time. It was really good. The first article I, I was can't remember what that was called. Maybe at. maybe somebody out there is going to recognize it when or I the say the packaging. At. I thought that was the um, Basil Hayden's. Mm-mm. That was 
large picture of a like lock on the front of it. Oh. Anyway, it was good. Anyway. Uh, was it Larceny? Maybe. No, I'm thinking of something else. Anyway. Well, I'll think I don't of know. It later. Some somebody will probably tell us <laughs> now that we've yep. mentioned it without a source. Um, Pikesville is a straight oh, yeah. okay, is yeah. a straight rye yeah. whiskey that um, came up in one of the articles that, and then um, there's a rye from I think it's Pennsylvania, and it's one of those Mongolia. Oh, interesting. Okay, <laughs> well, it's, it's called Wiggle. Wiggle. Yeah, but it's W I G L E, but it says how you say it, Wiggle. Okay, Wiggle Rye. Um, and it was one of the very first ones that um came back after Prohibition. Really, like That's one of the first like rye came wiggling back. <laughs> they wiggled on back. Um, it was fun though. It was uh named after a defiant farmer, distiller, and tax resistor, Philip Wiggle. He was right wiggling on. out of his taxes. Uh, <laughs> he was sentenced to hang for treason in ah. 1795. Jesus. Um, but yes, Wiggle. Yikes. Wiggle. I want to try Wiggle. Yeah. I'm going to Pennsylvania. Maybe we I could, could try pick some up some Wiggle. wiggle. Um, it's supposed to be an Arctic blast when I'm there. That's fun. And then Michener's is for sure one that, that comes up all the time. I see it in bars all the time. And you might want to give that one a give that one a try. And again, try this stuff over ice. Yeah, um, give it a don't shot. Don't just try it in cocktails because that's the best way to kind of get a feel for what it actually tastes like before you start mixing and it. And then into you kind of can get an idea of where you're going with it as far as to mix. Well, I need some wiggle. <laughs> I need to try that wiggle. I want to try some wiggle. Anyway, those are, that's what I've got for you guys tonight. That's fantastic. That was good fun. Now, if folks want to see pictures, which I know they're going to want to see pictures of these two drinks, where are they going to go? They are going to go to Instagram at, for, at the handle Amateur Bartending 4, the number 4, Immature. And we have pictures of both of these drinks and previous drinks, including previous drinks that you can use rye in. So Absolutely. don't worry about, don't worry that you're going to buy a bottle and not know what to do with it. Exactly. We have plenty of ways for you to uh, burn through your liquor cabinet by on that Instagram account. You will see tons of other beautiful pictures and uh, uh, real succinct, succinct and easy to follow recipes on there. That's right. So we hope you definitely will enjoy some of those and follow when you, so you'll know new ones are up on there, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. So your takeaways from tonight are 51% rye Makes is it a the rye. minimum. Yep, minimum requirements. Is a rye uh, and aged in oak barrels and made in the United States. And there you are. There you are. You learned a little something. Happy rye drinking, everybody. That's it. Cheers. Cheers, Shan.